morning we're going to talk about treasure and uh, tell you something about me. When I was a kid, I can remember really wanting or thinking it would be very cool to find an authentic, genuine treasure map. And you know the kind I'm talking about. You know, you find it, it's all, it's like in a scroll, and you unroll it, and it it pictures all these landmarks, and it says, you know, go 20 paces this way, and then 10 paces that way, and, and on and on until you finally get there, and you reach the place that's marked on the map with the big X. Right, X marks the spot. And then you dig, and you find it. And there's this, there's this old chest, and it's filled with solid gold coins or diamonds and rubies, maybe both. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? Oh, come on. <laughs> you know it would. You, you know it's going to be cool. It, it's not going to happen, but it would be cool. Uh, you know, don't, don't play this, oh, I'm in church. I'm not supposed to care about things like treasure and stuff. Everybody deep down is interested in treasure. And the reason I know that is not because I've gone around and asked everybody that question. The reason I know it is because Jesus Christ who knows every one of us better than anybody knows us, Jesus talked about treasure and assumed we'd be interested. Not only that, he not only assumed we'd want treasure, he actually told us how to get it. Let me show you. I want you to look with me at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. If you have a Bible... Go ahead and open to the book of Matthew, first book of the New Testament, chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But, Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is. Did you see that? He's assuming we have a treasure. He's assuming we treasure something, or there's something we regard as treasure. Where your treasure is there will your heart be also. So I'm going to do what Jesus did, and I'm going to assume you're interested in treasure, and because you're in church, I'm going to assume you're interested in what God says about it, what he says about the topic of treasure. So that's for the next three weeks, we are going to be looking at some things that God has said about treasure, about money, about wealth, and how to handle it in ways that bring 
lasting, deep satisfaction. Because see, that's why, that's, that's what treasure is for, or that's why we dream of treasure. People dream of treasure because they dream of satisfaction. They dream of contentment. And contrary to what you might expect, God wants us to have treasure that satisfies. And he, he's told us how to get it. So that's, that's uh, the explanation behind the title of the series, God's Treasure Map. God's given us the map for the kind of treasure that really satisfies. And today we're going to begin by looking at these words of Jesus here in Matthew 6 and thinking about them. Because if you, if you look what he's saying, he's telling us how to gain real treasure. How to gain real treasure. And for gaining real treasure, he gives us a don't and he gives us a do. We'll start with the don't, because he did. Don't store it up on earth. To gain real treasure, don't store it up on earth. In other words, don't devote your life to the accumulation of earthly treasure. Now, here's what's really interesting. What's interesting is to see why Jesus says that's a bad idea. Why, what, I mean, what's wrong with accumulating, with storing up for ourselves earthly treasures? Because they're so bad, is that the reason? Look carefully. That is not what he says. He doesn't say that. He says, don't store up treasures on earth, not because they're bad. He says, don't do it because they don't last. They don't last. Moth and rust destroy. Thieves break in and steal. Jesus isn't against treasure. He's not against us being motivated by gain. In fact, he assumes we will be motivated by gain. In other words, he assumes that we will act in a way that we believe is in our best interest. That's what we do. We act in ways we think are in our best interest. And that's the trouble with, with storing up, with accumulating earthly treasure. It's not in our best interests. Which is a really important message for us to hear because we live in a culture that is constantly telling us that accumulating more and more treasure for ourselves is in our best interest. It's not. Earthly treasure is not a problem because it's so bad. Earthly treasure is a problem because it's so temporary. Temporary. We need perspective. Have you ever heard anybody use that expression? Maybe you've used it yourself. I know I have. Boy, they sure don't make things like they used to. You really know you're kind of getting up there in life when you start saying things like that because your kids look at you and go, yeah, they don't make things like they used to. You're, you're using something and it breaks and ah, why don't they make things like they used to? You know, I'm starting to wonder if they ever made things like they used to. <laughs> because even when they did, even when they made stuff like they used to make stuff, it still broke. Maybe it took a little longer but it still broke. It does. It all breaks. It just does. You know, 
It doesn't matter what it is. Nice clothes never last. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but for me, that's a huge frustration because I like to go shopping for clothes like maybe, I don't know, once a decade or something. And and when I pull out my favorite shirt that I've been wearing for the last six years and it's wearing out, I'm just like, oh no, I'm going to have to shop. Clothes wear out. Nice cars, they always break. Eventually, it doesn't matter how nice it is, how new it is, eventually it's going to get older and it's going to break down. Uh, tools, toys, inve- uh, you know, appliances, investments. Investments that can't miss, miss. They do. And what doesn't break or rot or just fade away? can be taken away. Earthly treasures don't last. The Bible says this, cast but a glance at riches and they're gone. Can you relate? Just cast a glance at them and they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. And even if if your earthly stuff doesn't rot, even if it doesn't fade away, even if it doesn't get stolen, it's still temporary. Because, you know, think about this. It's not, you think about all your earthly possessions. It's not that you might lose them someday. You absolutely will lose them someday. Because either it leaves us while we live, or we leave it when we die. There are no exceptions to that rule. Absolutely none. So it's all temporary. Now, if we could just get this idea firmly lodged in our thinking, it could make a profound difference in what we do with our money, what we do with our treasure, what we do with our possessions. I want to explain this using an illustration that uh, Randy Alcorn uses in his little book called The Treasure Principle. It's a great little book, by the way. It's only about that thick, Uh, easy to read. Here's his illustration of this. He, he, he asks us to imagine that we're living back in the time of the Civil War, and it's near the end of the Civil War, war between the states. And during the time of the war, we've accumulated a lot of Confederate currency. Now, it's becoming pretty obvious, we've come to the conclusion that the North is going to win. They're going to win. What should we do with all this Confederate currency we've got? Well, here's what Randy says. He says, if you're smart, there's only one answer. You should immediately cash in your Confederate currency for U.S. currency, the only money that will have value once the war is over. Keep only enough Confederate currency to meet your short-term needs. Now, let's apply that analogy to earthly treasure. The currencies of this world, all of them, and I don't care whether we're talking paper money, coins, gold, it doesn't matter. All of the currencies of this world will become worthless when Christ returns or when you die, whichever comes first. And either one of those things could happen at any moment. Now, As long as we're living in this world, we have to use the currency of this world 
to live. We just do. I was in a parking lot of a store, and I see the bumper sticker on, on some, well, piece of junk, and it says, uh, don't laugh, my treasure's in heaven. Uh, that's good. I, I like that. Don't laugh, my treasure's in heaven. You can still wash your car, but I, I appreciate the sentiment. I think it's good. But now, if you go into that store, and you, you, know, you get your groceries or your clothes or whatever you want to buy, and you go there, and they say, okay, that'll be you know, X number of dollars, and you say, well, you don't understand. My treasure's in heaven. And they'll say, no, you don't understand. You need some earthly currency for this stuff. Okay, so we have to use some current, we have to use the currency of this world to live. We do. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, look at 1 Timothy 5.8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow, that's pretty strong. So see what that's saying is, you know, if 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 you are responsible for a family, then you are responsible to do what you can to provide for your family's needs. Uh, this isn't talking about you know uh, someone who can't provide. This is talking about someone who can but chooses not to, and that's not acceptable according to Scripture. So we've got to take care of our family's needs. But look, the Bible also says same book, First Timothy. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. So there's a difference between needs, and as Pastor Rick Warren says, greeds. There's a difference between needs and greeds. Don't invest your earthly wealth in an extravagance of luxuries that you don't really need because they won't last. They will not last. If we will realize that earthly wealth is only temporary and will soon have no value whatsoever, it should radically affect how we handle money. The way Christians handle money should look different than the way people who don't know Christ handle money. It should look different because we know something. Earthly treasure doesn't last. It doesn't. To stockpile earthly wealth makes as much sense as stockpiling Confederate currency during the Civil War. Jesus isn't telling us that storing up treasure for ourselves, earthly treasures, that that's wrong. He's saying it's stupid. It's just flat out stupid. So if you really want treasure, don't store it up on earth. Okay, and that brings us to the do. And the do is, do send it up to heaven. <coughs> send it up to heaven. Now, if we, if we just stop reading at the end of verse 19, Jesus said, don't store for yourselves treasures on earth, where the moth and earth destroy, thieves break in and steal. If we just stop there, we might jump to the conclusion that Jesus is against storing up treasures for yourselves. But that's not true. Actually, he not only expects us to store up treasures for ourselves, look, he commands it. He commands it. Verse 20 is a command. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Store it up. Do it. 
The problem is not storing up treasure. The problem is storing up the wrong kind of treasure. Instead of storing up temporary earthly treasures, Jesus tells us to store up permanent heavenly ones. He wants us to invest in that which will truly last. Let me ask, why does he want us to do that? Why does he want us to do that? Because that's where the joy is. That's where the joy is. And Jesus wants us to experience joy. He does. Now, maybe you find that hard to believe. Because you've had things happen in your life. Maybe there's things happening in your life right now that don't feel very joyful. But look what Jesus says to his disciples in John 15. Look at this. He says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Now, don't misread that. He's not saying that if we obey him, then he will love us. That's not what it says. He already loves us. He has proved it by going to the cross for us. He loves us. But if you remain in my commands or obey my commands, you will remain or abide, you will live in, you will dwell in, you will experience my love. Just as I obeyed my Father's commands and abide, remain in His love, I have told you this so my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be complete. See what he's saying? See why Jesus wants us to obey Him? It's not to obey Him to earn its love. It's not to obey Him in order to chalk up enough merit badges or points so that we qualify. He wants us to remain in His love or to obey His commandments so that we will experientially remain and enjoy and experience His love. And then that will bring us joy. And our joy will be complete. And remember here, storing up treasures in heaven is a command. So what he's telling us is, store up treasures for yourself in heaven because I want you to experience joy. Store it up for the joy. Now, maybe you think, and it seems common for people to think like this, maybe you think that pursuing your joy is selfish. That's not what the Bible says. Our problem is not that we pursue joy. Our problem is that we pursue joy in the wrong places and in the wrong ways. The problem is not wanting joy. The problem is how we try to go get it. Okay? Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Or Psalm 90.14, I love this. This is a prayer to God satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. You were created to pursue joy. You were. Now, you might think, well, wait, I thought I was created to pursue God's glory. Yes, you were. Both. 
You're supposed to seek your joy and you're supposed to seek God's glory because they're really the same thing. Because you can only find true, ultimate joy in God's glory. In God and His plan for your life. That's the only place you'll ultimately find it. Everything else is going to fall short. What glorifies God the most is when we realize this. When we realize that He alone can give us that true soul satisfaction that we long for. He's the only one who can do it. And so we go to Him and we say along with the psalmist, Whom have I in heaven but you? No other God but you. And earth? It has nothing I desire besides you. In other words, there's nothing here that's any good without you. Apart from you, there's nothing. My heart, my flesh and my heart may fail, but you, O oh God, are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Satisfy me in the morning with your unfailing love that I may sing for joy and be glad all my days. Listen carefully. Please listen to this. It's not selfish to seek your joy in God. It's worship. It's worship. That's what worship is. And you and I, you, we are going to seek our ultimate joy and satisfaction in something. We will. We can't help it. It's how we're made. We were made to worship. But see, what we do is, if, if instead of seeking our ultimate joy and satisfaction in God and in His gifts, His plan for us, we seek our ultimate joy and satisfaction in something else, well, that's what the Bible calls idolatry. And what do we do? Well, we dishonor Him. Because we're basically saying, this thing, this is better than God. She's better than God. He's better than God. This situation is better than God. That dishonors him. And it sets us up for major, major, bitter disappointment. Because it's not better than God. It can't be better than God. But then it glorifies God when we come to him and we say to him, You, O oh God, you alone are my heart's desire. And I long to worship you. It's worship. Okay, so what's all this got to do with storing up treasures? The point is, storing up treasures for yourself in heaven is not selfish. It's smart. It glorifies God because you realize that only heavenly treasure ultimately is worth having. You know, if I ever do stumble across my childhood dream of that treasure chest full of gold and jewels, if, I, if that ever happens, if that ever happens, it won't satisfy me. Oh, sure, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be exciting, but it won't last. It never does. You know, that new car you buy or that toy or that outfit or whatever, and you think, oh, this just gives me so much satisfaction. For how long? It never lasts. It never lasts. Only heavenly treasure ultimately can truly satisfy. 
Now, selfishness. What is selfishness? Selfishness is when I pursue my gain at the expense of others. See, selfishness is when I have two pieces of my wife's delicious blueberry pie, and I don't give you any. That's selfish. Selfishness is lavishing luxury on myself with all this extravagance that I don't need, really. And I lavish it on myself while ignoring genuine need. And, and you're, you know, you're going without food and clothing and basic needs. Selfishness is me caring more about having a comfortable retirement than about the millions and billions in the world who don't know Christ and are headed to an eternity without God if they don't hear about Him and come to know Him. Selfishness is me spending all my money on me without regard for the misery of others. And what do I get when I do that? What benefit do I get? Well, I get earthly treasures that will soon be absolutely worthless. I get short-term pleasures that don't last. And then I get no treasure laid up in heaven, which is where the joy is. It's not just selfish, it's stupid. What a waste. Okay, so, if we're going to do what Jesus said, don't store for ourselves treasures on earth, but store for ourselves treasures in heaven. How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, here's the short answer. Hopefully it'll get elaborated over the next few weeks. But the short answer is this. You lay up, you store up treasures in heaven by using earthly treasures for heavenly purposes. Now, I'm sure you've heard the saying, uh, money can't buy happiness. Have you heard that? Can't buy happiness. I don't think that's true. I think you can buy happiness when you use earthly treasures for heavenly purposes. So, you buy happiness when you use earthly treasures to feed and clothe your family. You buy happiness when you use earthly treasures to feed and clothe others in need. When you use earthly treasure to sponsor desperately poor children, not only so they can have food and clothing and education, but so that they can know Jesus Christ and have eternal life. Uh, use earthly treasure to spread the good news of Jesus around the world and across the street. Use earthly treasure to make disciples right in your own church. Use earthly treasure for heavenly purposes. Now, why do that? Because that's the right thing to do? Because others will see that and think you're more spiritual? Because um, you'll get a tax write-off? No, do it for the joy. Do it for the joy. Do it for the treasure that will last forever. See, the mistake so many people make when it comes to giving to God's kingdom work, in other words, using earthly treasure for heavenly purposes, the mistake many people think is, is to see that as doing a duty or suffering a hardship or making a big old sacrifice. Now, 
That would be true if everything we gave for God's kingdom work were lost. So we give to the church, we give to a missionary, we sponsor a child, and all that's just gone and we have nothing to show for it. That would be a sacrifice, especially if we went without in order to do that. But that's not how it is. Whatever we give to the Lord is never lost. Not a cent. The only treasures we are definitely going to lose are the earthly ones. John D. Rockefeller was the founder of Standard Oil. He's one of the richest men who ever lived. I love this story. After he died, somebody asked his accountant, hey, how much money did the old man leave? The answer is very perceptive. He left all of it. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. When Jesus tells us to store up treasures in heaven, he's not telling us to make a sacrifice. He's not telling us to do our duty. He's not telling us to suffer hardship. He's telling us to buy happiness that will last. In fact, he told a story one day to make this clear. Help us get this. He said this, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then, check these three critical words, in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. All right, so here's a guy, he's living my dream. Put yourself in his place for a minute. You're walking across a vacant lot. You stub your toe on something. You look down. You see this corner of an old box. And you're curious. And you start digging around. And you find it's, it's that very treasure chest full of gold coins and jewels. Now, nobody else knows it's there. But the only way you can legally claim it is to buy that field. But you can't afford that field unless you sell everything else you own. Would you do it? Would you do it? Would you do it knowing that that treasure is worth 10,000 times more than all of your other possessions put together? Would you do it? You'd be a fool if you didn't. Of course you would. Now, here's the thing. Here's the point. How would you describe what you're doing? Would you describe it as a hardship? Would you describe it as making a sacrifice? Would you describe it as doing your duty? No way. Why not? Well, sure, it's costing you a lot of money, but what you're gaining, far, far, far more than makes up for what you're giving up. And that's what it's like to invest in God's kingdom. We're not making a sacrifice. We're actually buying happiness that will last. Let's pray. Father, you speak to our hearts. And I know my heart is, is a fickle one. And I'm easily 
distracted and confused by the values of this world. And this world is constantly telling us to accumulate, accumulate more and more and more so that we can lavish ourselves with earthly treasure as if that will be the thing that makes us truly happy, content, and satisfied. And Lord, the world is lying to us, and when our hearts believe that, we're believing a lie. But thank you, you have spoken truth to us in Jesus our Savior. And you've shown us how we can handle treasure to bring that lasting satisfaction we desire. So Lord, help us get it. Help us see it. Help us believe you when you tell us this. May we obey you, Lord Jesus, so that we can truly abide in your love and your joy can be in us and our joy can be complete. Lord, give us that joy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.